With the Lucky Land Slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. This is your captain speaking. Uh, we've got clear runway and the weather's fine, but we're just going to circle up here a while and uh, get lucky. No, no, nothing like that. It's just these cash prizes add up quick. So I suggest you sit back, keep your tray table upright, and start getting lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Howdy, folks. Happy Monday. Happy post-Super Bowl Monday, which means I woke up this morning feeling like crap because I ate too much pizza and wings. Um, I ate at least seven to eight different types of food, and you pay the price. Yeah, I didn't even have beer. Yeah, it's it's weird because it's like you know I had, I only had a couple friends over and we stayed socially distant you know away from each other so yeah um, but we the traditional pizza and wings and we never usually like we don't do like dips and chips and all that it's just pizza and wings and something and pop to drink um, and you know as you get older I mean it takes a little bit of a toll on you because it's like you know, it's you know it's junk food. I had pizza, wings. I had um, don't uh, donuts with caramel sauce, cashews. I had like a mix that that uh, munchies mix that you get from Frito Lay. Sure, those were the main things that I sampled. And so yeah, it's you know when it all mixes up. Yeah, um, I like I saw somebody with a spread. They had like shrimp cocktail and chili and you know i mean it just now if you're again if you're having like a dozen people over and i know a lot of people didn't do that this week no you should go somewhere and we didn't do it right but um all right let's start with the pre-show we got plenty to talk about we're going to talk a lot about it and yes i have everybody in the chat is is just going crazy because wayne simmons got hurt you know all the leaf about it don't worry We'll get there, but yeah, we'll let's talk about the Super Bowl. Uh, my, I have three takeaways, honestly. Was it a bad game? Tom Brady really good. Yes. Did the first half bad refing help shape the poor uh, play of Kansas City? I think so because again, we saw them get frustrated, get a verbal penalty. We saw, you know, Brady literally just get two, three tries on a on a drive for penalties that maybe weren't real. Uh, that didn't help Kansas City. In the end, they probably were going to lose anyhow, but they probably would have been a lot closer game had the refs sort of had such a big impact in the first half. But again, even in the second half, um, from the time that it looked like Casey could score and maybe get back in the game, he was held in the end zone when he caught that ball that I don't even know how Mahomes threw vertically. And yeah. again, no calls. And this is like a championship fight. The NFL now definitely, if you're playing against Tom Brady, odds are stacked against you. And if you're playing with Tom Brady, you're never going to win the MVP of the game. Like, again, most people thought the defense would win the MVP, and they were like, no, 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 Brady. And it's like, okay. so Yeah, but this, this, this is the argument that there was like, I mean, you, there was not one specific guy on defense that had like three interceptions and this and that. You know right. what I'm saying? But you could say the defense. You could go out on a limb and do that. I don't remember. I don't remember them ever doing that. It doesn't mean they can't. 
Why yeah, can't but they, they they never have. You know, it's like it's like when like Larry, who was it? Larry Brown, the guy from Dallas, who yes. had three interceptions. You know, that okay, that stands out. Like if Devon White had like three sacks, oh, had thirteen tackles. I mean, that's pretty good. Right, right, but I mean, on the first half alone. I, th- I as soon as, as as soon as they're up 28-9 and Brady is like 16 for 20 for 200 yards in the first half I'm like he's got the MVP if they win this he's got the MVP now the thing is is that the second half he really didn't do much but they were up so much mm-hmm. that they just started running the ball and before the before the game like I, I was listening to Bill Simmons podcast and he was they were like looking at everything and they're like well Tampa's going to run the ball because they have two good running backs in Jones and right. Fournette, and Kansas City was 31st against the run. So they're basically saying, okay, at a certain point, it, even if the game is close, they're going to try to play keep away from Mahomes. What, what, what I think everybody in Western New York was saying yesterday, Russ, was where the mm, was that Chiefs team against the Bills two weeks ago? Well, because I'll tell you what helped. The one thing that helped, and then we'll talk about the – one other project and then a few commercials. What really helped is the fact that Kansas City, other than Mahomes, ran the ball. Edward Tolaire, I mean, I just wrote about it, had a 7.1 yards per carry, but they only gave him nine carries. They only had 12 carries. They carried the ball more against Buffalo because they have a good running game, and they should have done it in this game. But, yes. you know, whatever. Um, let's talk about um, the bigger subject, which I, I saw written in a lot of different places and getting a little bit fine-tuned, but everybody's like, well, Tom Grady is now clearly the, the greatest athlete ever in team sports, but at least now they're saying modern day. But if we just go with ever in team sports, again, I still go Babe Ruth number one, the way he dominated his sport at, at two yeah. spots. When I was on the, the Super Bowl call, even Brady acknowledged he's not he's Mahomes, he's going up against the Chiefs defense, right? There is a different – yeah. and I go back, and I'm going to fall back to – what Gordy Howe once told me and said, hey, hockey is the hardest sport to play because of the continuous motion. No other sport has that, which is true because every other sport you could court it, sort of like slough off for a minute. You get a breather or whatever. When you're out on the ice for that 30, 40 seconds, sometimes a minute, you have – you can't – there's nobody resting out there, maybe a goalie, but there's nobody resting. And what was interesting is even on like first take for ESPN, a producer must have meant – Gretzky so they said Wayne Gretzky's name at the beginning like hey you know when we talk about the argument for team sports and Gretzky never came up with it they did come up with Yogi Berra who I also retweeted ESPN and said hey Yogi Berra Uh, Russ your mic cut out it's still it's I still can't hear you Okay, while he's while he's getting a new mic, because uh, he's muted now. Let me see if I can unmute you. There it goes. The mic. Um, can you hear me now? Yeah, I can hear you now. It's, it's still the greatest. But it's, yeah. They they went with Yogi. They mentioned you know uh, Jabbar, and they mentioned a bunch of guys. They never actually talked about Wayne Gretzky, which again, oh, for impact shot. on a sport, you have to. Shocking that ESPN wouldn't mention hockey because they don't even consider hockey a friggin' sport. That's you know maybe they'll consider it a sport when they have when they have the contract again. But right now it's like see no evil, hear no evil. Yeah, I mentioned in our group chat. You know, Bill Russell had eleven championships with the Celtics. 
So, I mean, you know, him, you know, Barra had seven, you know, Jeter had five. Barra had ten, like, if you count his coaching, but he had seven yeah. as a player, yeah. Jordan had six in a row, and he was six and oh. Yeah. And you know, this, this this is the thing. It's like, okay, and, you know, Gretzky, uh, you know, his regular – Not the number of rings either, right? I know, Gret I know the Messier argument, and I used to fall on the Messier argument. But if we want to talk about just the greatest who ever dominated a sport – Brady hasn't dominated football like Gretzky dominated hockey. It's just that simple. No, and and you know some some people were saying, well, he's a he's a compiler because he's forty three. I mean, no, he's not a compiler. Give me give me a break. He's won seven Super Bowls. He's not a compiler. He's okay. He's the best quarterback of all time. You know, not Bart Starr, not Joe Montana, no, there's nobody not Terry Bradshaw. No, no, no. And this bull crap that Tony Romo was talking about yesterday. Well, if Mahomes had beaten Brady head to head, then Mahomes would have had six and Brady would have, or, or Mahomes would have had two, but Brady would have had six, but Mahomes had beaten Brady head to head. Now, now if he, now it's seven to one and now, now Mahomes has got to win. When se are you freaking crazy? Mahomes is not going to win seven Super Bowls. No, I mean, of course not. I mean, that's just – but, again, I was just – I shouldn't be appalled that ESPN didn't include Gretzky. You would think a producer would at least have the the numbers with Gretzky and to show that even Alex Ovechkin, as great as he is, and especially now with some shortened seasons, he's not going to catch Wayne Gretzky. He's not. Not in goals. Nobody's going to catch him in points. There's so many things that nobody will catch Wayne Gretzky in ever. But here's the other thing. Everybody's sort of, and I get it, they're caught up on the, hey, Brady's 43. But I want to tell you, when Babe Ruth was 37, he hit 342. Right. Babe Ruth at 37 was more like being 57. If he could have played in this era, he would have played until he was 50 years old. That's what kind of athlete he was. I remember Babe Ruth, dro he, he dropped off the face of the planet. From one year he had that year, then the next yep. year he was basically washed. And yes. then the Yankees let him go and he went to the Boston Braves and he could, yeah. bar he could barely move. But even I think when he, he hit like five homers there or something. Not right, three and, three and one game. Yeah, that's so, right. Now, now let, let's transition to economic and get your opinion on this. Yes. Um, it, 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 well, first, if you want to have your opinion on the game or, or – Yeah, no, I mean, one thing about the game that was kind of fun. Okay, so um, for as a gift for Christmas, a friend of mine gave me a $100 gift-like thing for FanDuel. Okay. So I've never really done I've, – I've done, you know, a little bit of FanDuel with hockey um, before. Yeah. Remember I did that? It was fun. I enjoyed it. But I've never done it with football. So, you know, we had some people over. So, you know, we just had, you know, our um, – my close family here and um, the one girl that's like a roommate um, of a friend of ours. And so they, so we were all, you know, masked up properly and all that, but watching the game, but I decided what I would do is I would take the hundred dollars I got and I split it like five ways. So everybody in the room got 20 bucks to bet on FanDuel, whatever they want to do. And it was fun. So what we, but um, so, and I won 140 bucks, but I could have won. 260 bucks and it's funny. so the funny thing is i so one of the, the most fun thing to do i found was like to gamble on um what's going to happen on that drive like you can you can okay. pick touchdown field goal um you know punt or none of the above like that's basically what you have and the odds change as the drive goes you know because the closer they get to the touchdown the more like you know if if the if they're, if they're in a situation where they wouldn't kick a field goal the field goal goes way up high that kind of thing so 
I just found that at the point when the um, when when the, uh, the sorry the Buccaneers were the goal line stance that they you know that 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 they didn't score. Remember yeah. there was like a yeah yeah. So I bet when they were when they were the first in goal at the ten, I'm like I bet nothing's going to happen. Like there's not going to be a uh, which is just the odds were like crazy. You know I'm like yeah what the heck I'll just do that. So that was 130 bucks for them not scoring on that. And then the next time around, I bet it again, and they threw that. Um, he threw that interception that was called back because of a penalty. Yeah, because of a holding penalty. Yeah. Or else I would have won 280 bucks. Like, <laughs> like that. So I was like that whole that holding penalty was like a hundred fifty dollar holding penalty thing. Now, apparently, apparently, either on FanDuel or DraftKings, the pass to the offensive lineman, the odds were like fourteen to one. Yeah. Oh yeah, they called it back. Oh no, he dropped. No, it. no, no. He he caught it. it, and the guy yeah. knocked it out of his he hand. Knocked it out of his hand because yeah. he was a because he was an offensive lineman with I think tape on his hands or whatever. Yeah. So right. still, imagine fourteen to one. If he had a hundred dollars on that, that's fourteen hundred dollars that the guy got swatted out of his hands. It was yeah, it was, it was fun. I mean, I, have to, I I understand why you know people like to do that. It, it was a it was a, it was you know yeah. it was entertaining. Everybody here would do like different things. You know, so we kind of had everybody involved. Well, somebody somebody we know, and I'm not going to mention who because I don't want I don't want to. But it sucks that you're in these Super Bowl squares. Uh, and, and the person that we all know had one and six, mm. meaning, meaning he he needed he needed Kansas City to score the oh by the way touchdown, which yeah. they had two opportunities to do, and one they you know they they uh, lost on downs, and the second yeah, well, one Pringle was held in the, in the end zone though. He yeah. Worked. Right, he should have been on the one with the first down. Yeah, yeah. But that's goal. why. See, that's why. Like, okay, I'm just enjoying the game for rooting the for game. Purpose, Same for with the game. game. I, I don't like playoff hockey. That you know, that's I. That I get in no pool for that. Other than that, football, fantasy football. Yeah, I didn't do. Uh, it. I, I didn't do any of it. I just partook in good food. Ek, do we want to do commercials today, or do you want to wait till tomorrow? Yeah, no. Uh, let's do it today. Let's do it today. Please. Okay. All right. Okay. The only thing I'll say is. I, I I'll go with. I don't really think I had a favorite commercial. The thing that really threw me was when I saw this article from Bloomberg, and they said, "Well, there's going to be a certain tone this year, and companies are backing out." I figured, okay, it's not going to be like the ridiculousness of commercials in the past, but it was right. to the point where somebody's arm got shot by a golfer in the Paramount commercial, and often to the. And I was thinking, well, that's great. Now this even even this comic book character is now an amputee. I didn't understand that one. Um, I did laugh at the Edward Scissorhands because it was ridiculous. It was yeah. so ridiculous that I laughed at it. So maybe that was my favorite because of that. And I hated the Springsteen commercial. Oh my god! We can talk about that. Oh my god! Well, first of all, let me give the let me give the positives. The pot. I loved the uh, Drake from State Farm. I thought that was that oh, that was, was good. good. No, you're right. That, that was that was good. Um, the one that was the quirkiest and the weirdest was the Dr. Sasquatch soap. I, mean, <laughs> really I, I, I know that apparently Anheuser-Busch and Coke backed out of a bunch of slots. So they were they must have been scrambling at the at the end of it. But I mean, Dr. Sasquatch soap? Well, the biggest really? question out there is, Eck, who uses bar soap anymore? I do. Really? You're a bar soap guy? I do not believe in this uh, body wash crap. No, I don't. <laughs> I don't believe in it. I have firm problems with it. I do, which is a fight that we've well, had in our family. It still has glycerin. What is your problem? No, I think that I don't think that body wash gets one clean. I think that you need to rub soap against your body. I'm a firm okay. believer in that. You have you could use a loofah. I right? don't. I, I have used a loofah, and I think that's even. I think that's even more ridiculous because you're just. <laughs> 
because you're diluting the you're diluting the soap into like you know and making no, it all you're, like you're getting the bubbles. It distributes it. No, it doesn't it, distribute it. No, it not, if you want to get clean, Irish Spring soap bar. That's what you do. Oh my God. Oh my God. Irish Spring is like pouring acid on your skin. No, but uh, a, a loofah exfoliates your skin. It cleans it. Yeah. So no, I mean, I, mean I, I, I have a loofah, yes, and, you know, you might as well have just in the yard and let it rot, and then you'll make a bar of Irish Spring. I mean, let, I've, been, I've been dying to get to this. Okay, first of all. No, everybody on the chat room seems to be agreeing with me. I, I, I want to say the Dr. Squatch thing really upset me because, of, you know, as a big, firm, Bigfoot as person. As a Bigfoot guy. As you know. And by the way, can I bring this up for a second? I'm watching the Puppy Bowl, okay, which was amazing. Puppy Bowl. It was pretty good. good. I, I watched One of something. my favorite things. Of, of all year, like my my fam, my kids, like we we get down, we watch the puppy bowl together. That's a good. I've been a few Shatner a few times. Shatner, he's yeah. Funny. We had him on the show. Remember, we had him on this. Thing? Yeah, we had him on. That's right. So, um, but during the puppy bowl, they announced. Did you see what they announced? No. That tonight, I didn't watch the whole thing. Tonight, there's a new episode of Finding Bigfoot. Like my. Oh yes, my, I did see that. I'm not literally my favorite show on television. Um, it's been off the air for a couple of years now, and there, there's a new a two hour episode tonight. I know, but I'm on not interested. Finding Bigfoot. The, oh, the man, I'm like, Facebook, I'm, I'm Twitter friends with Renee, which is great. But I'll tell you what, Bobo looks like he lost 150 pounds. I just hope he's okay. The he's most, okay. No, I listen to his podcast every week. No, the most fine. disgusting commercial of the day was the Tide commercial with the Jason Alexander hoodie. With, that was funny. I like that one. I thought it was funny. funny. It was disgusting. First of all, in in a, in a time of COVID where everybody's worried about about disease and social distancing, mm. the guy's got a a a hoodie that. He has got like a gum from the bottom of a desk, and he's wiping. I mean, it was it was gross. Plus, the the one commercial with the for Cheetos um, has Aston Kutcher and his wife been like starving themselves for like <laughs> months because they looked anorexic. They looked that terrible. commercial went way too long. Yeah. Yeah, but okay, the worst one, the worst one for a number of reasons was the Bruce Springsteen commercial, and this right. is why. Since when is Bruce Springsteen from Kansas? I know. Since when is he a cowboy? Get in Nebraska. He's from Mike. New Jersey. Act like it. My God. I mean, yes, I, cowboy I've hat. never seen somebody. You know what my big problem was? <laughs> the Kansas part, you know, was weird. Got a lot of fans hat, out there. I'm expecting the cowboy hat. I was even okay with the early messaging. Like we should all be in the middle. I don't need political commercials, but if, if everybody's supposed to be in the middle, that's great. But you know yeah. what the problem is? When you're in the middle, when you drive up and see like a church with a giant cross and you make a big point of that, you're no longer in the middle because now every other religion that everybody else believes in is now secondary to that giant cross. And I don't understand right. why Bruce Springsteen did that. I feel like that was bad messaging <laughs> and a big mistake on his part. I um. I don't know. The, 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 uh, my wife, of course, you know, she was like, she liked it, but she didn't love it. You know, so that tells you that there was something yeah, wrong she's with a it. Because if she doesn't love it, there's probably something wrong with it. And we're sitting there and we're like, I mean, we just live in a world right now where no one wants to be preached to. Um, right. And, you know, and, and, and although everything he was saying, 100% agreement with, like I had no problem with any of it. Um, and I think that, yeah, that, you know, politically, yes, we, we need to find a middle ground and all stuff. That's for sure. Both sides are to, to fall for that. But I think that, um, yeah, there's just something about it, you know, and also it was a Jeep commercial. So 
I loved, I used to have, my favorite car I've ever owned was a Jeep Wrangler. I love Jeeps. If I could ever, if I get a car someday in the future, I just don't have them now because they're not really safe for your kids to drive kids around in. But if, you know, when I don't have to drive kids around anymore, I'm going to have a Jeep again. Um, I just, Mike was in my Jeep. <laughs> Mike and I got caught in the rain in my Jeep. Yeah. Um, with no door and no and no time. Yep. I think yep. Yep. Right. He said money, Russ. And that was the other appalling thing. Bruce Springsteen should run his own commercial. He doesn't need money. He's made a, a more than 10 lifetimes worth of money. Yeah. He doesn't need to make money from Jeep. Yeah, there's a good and, chance. By, by on the way, the, the commercial was, you know, in favor of the reunited States of America, brought to you by Jeep, who's owned by Fiat. Yeah, right. Let's reunite United States of America, and Italy is telling us to do it. <laughs> yeah, I mean, I don't know that there, there were some things. things. There were some things. It was, you know, I, th I did. I I thought the um, George Costanza's hoodie was, was gross. really it was funny. Gross. I thought that was funny. I mean, I can I can suspend. I mean, we really suspend the fact that we're in a pandemic now with television, don't we? I mean, like. I don't yeah, need my sitcom. I don't need my sitcom characters wearing masks and stuff like that. I really don't need that. I like I like to escape, you know. So I'm okay with like and realizing. And a flat Matthew McConaughey who becomes. Yeah. Oh, that was horrible. Oh. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Well, that's yeah. That's again, Matthew, happen. you're making you you're making ten million dollars right. a movie. Why do you have, <laughs> you to, have to start, guys? <laughs> it's way yeah, too late. Start the show. It's All right, I promise no pre-show tomorrow. You, you heard it here. None. Okay. Right? This is one twenty-six. I like yeah. pre-show, but one twenty-six. I'm sorry, guys. Okay. Yeah. So what? I know there's not a whole lot to talk about. I get that, but we do have something to, that I want to start with here. All right, ready? Here we go. All right. Okay, yep. Uh huh. All right, so here we go. Um, let's see. It's uh, February 8th. You right away, so you don't know it. All right, I was distracted. I know. Lucky World, it's Monday, February 8th, 2021. I'm Michael Agello, and STFU Bruce Springsteen. I'm Russ Cohen from Sportsology. And I'm Eklund. You're watching Hockey Buzzcast on HockeyBuzz.com. This is the podcast coming to you every Monday through Friday at this time to fill you in on the comings and goings in the hockey world. And I wanted to start today with something different because right now the world's longest hockey game is going on in Alberta. I don't know if you guys have heard about this or not, but it's every year they try this. Every year they set a Guinness record with this. It's really cool. It's, oh, yes, um, I do know about it because I know Yoni who plays in the game. Oh, yeah. Okay, well, yeah. So, uh, yeah, so basically, you know, reading from the website, every in February, uh, 40 caring and courageous hockey players will step their skates and challenge. This goes from February 4th to February 14th, yeah. this game. Um, they're playing outdoors in Alberta. Outdoors. It's yep. minus 40 degrees. They sleep on um, the bench sometimes. They oh, sleep yeah. on the bench. They shift, They take shifts. It, it, it's like, it's incredible. It's phenomenal. Um, and if you look to, if you go to world's longest hockey, world's longest game dot ualberta dot ca, you can. They do it for baseball too, Eric. They do it for baseball too. We we donated today. It's really like definitely nice. worth. Um, I'll show you the website here. You can check it out here. So um, they 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 um they raise money for cancer. They've done it a bunch of years now. Um, but it's really something that I think that needs more more publicity out there because I haven't heard a lot about it. Um, and to it's me, this is over like, there. But you're right. In Canada, it's probably not. It's big in Finland. Like everybody knows about it in Finland. It's big in Alberta for sure. But across all of Canada, Canada, I'm not sure. Yeah. So here's the site, um, world's longest game, uh, 2021. Um, so far, you know, they they uh, they've raised fifty six thousand um, dollars. Five hundred forty one donors. Here's like here's our latest thing, a little thing we put on here for the donations like that. Nice. But um, just like definitely, um, I think that if you can go and I think you know fifty bucks is the is the least donation you can make. Um, really worth it. Just you know, I mean. These guys are playing. Can you imagine playing hockey 
in 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 minus forty degree weather outside. You know, about it and and it is taxing. He is a mucker and grinder at this point. He's probably about fifty years old, and he is out there and he is skating. Nice. And he's he's his family's bringing him food. Like I, <laughs> how do you know him? How do you know him, Yoni? I just know him from NHL events and. Yeah, right. So the last time we were in um, Vancouver, he was driving us around, and mm -hmm. um, I, I lost some sort of bet, so I had to wear his cowboy hat, and so uh, <laughs> that was kind of funny. So I have a picture of me with the cowboy hat, but he does he does, did talk about that game and how everybody is so on board in that town, getting it going. It costs money because you got to keep the lights on, you got to keep yep. the rink going. Like it's a big effort. Yeah, no, his wife drives the Zamboni around and, and just does the whole thing. I mean, they have it really, it's really cool. It really looks amazing. I think that absolutely it's something that, you know, and if we can get him on, maybe we can get him on the on the air next year, Russ, or something. And have oh, I get you on the I'll get him on for the baseball one because um, yeah. at some point I'd love to play in the baseball one. I think you and I should play in the hockey one, Russ. That's I'll play in it, I'm sure. Next year, you and I, you and I, everything's done. We go up to, we go up there and we play. I'd still rather play in the baseball. It's warmer. Right? But anyhow. It would be nicer for sure. But, you know, that's not what it's about. Yeah. <laughs> For me, it is. <laughs> All right, so um, I think we need to start today with uh, the controversy du jour, which it, which happened in the Columbus game last night. Um, and Can you um, throw that because I forgot to look at it. Mike, would you fill us in? Oh, I I mean, I honestly didn't know about it until about five minutes ago. So you <laughs> you're probably better on video. That would be good. All right, I'm gonna to try to get the video together. Let's you guys start with something else first, and then we'll come up back. We can talk about the Flyers game real quick. Talk about the Flyers game first while I get the video together because you really have to see it. The uh, Flyers Washington game was crazy. Uh, I guess it's sort of emblematic of 2021, where if you get two teams that have good offenses, not much defenses, and just average goaltending, because right now Carter Hart is under average as far as what you call NHL goaltending for this season you get the kind of game we got. It was like 80s hockey. And I got to tell you, the the move that Ovechkin put on Myers, uh, I haven't seen him do that in four years where he actually made a move like that and actually dished the puck. But I think Ovechkin got mad because somebody said in the pre-show, oh, it was Patrick Sharp in the pre-show, said, well, you know, the best goal scorer in the game is Austin Matthews, and it's not close. And I, I remember looking at that and – turned to the person next to me and said, I think Ovechkin would have something to say about that. And of course he scored his two goals and that's not taken away from Matthews. I think Mikey yeah. realizes, you know, yeah. Ovechkin's going to still be in that conversation, but the game was wild. It was crazy. Uh, I will give AB credit. He kept Carter Hart in there when Vanacek got taken out. Maybe that was the difference in the game. Yeah. Uh, Laviolette's always going to pull his goalie. We know that, but that was, that was a crazy game, but it wasn't one of those games where I think you could still point to, for the Caps and say, see, this is why they're going to lose. I just think it was a crazy game. Yeah. I mean, I think the Caps goaltending is going to be an issue right now. And the Flyers goaltending. You know, I think it wasn't bad. He, this was the first game he played. So we have yeah. to sort of Oh, no, I'm for sure. And, you know, Simpsonov will be back eventually. Vanacek's been better than everybody expected, but he's going to run out of steam, too. Like, you yes. know, like that's a typical thing. right about that. With a goalie like that. Vanacek last year was playing in Hershey. Right. So a goalie like that can have a run, but then eventually – yeah, you know, people are going to figure out how to score on him because, like, that's the way the NHL is. And then when they figure out, you know, they look at enough video on you and they say, "This is what you're going to do." They're going to do it 500 times until he fixes it, right? So that's how it's going to be, and it's going to be tricky for him. Um, I think that Carter Hart is a definite issue. I do. Um, although I will give Carter Hart a lot of credit in the fact that he bounces back 
really well. Um, and that's like the big thing, like, you know, I mean, that I, a win, but it didn't feel like a win goal. To it anybody. didn't feel like a win to him. I'm sure either, you know, and um, it didn't feel like the, again, I mean, when we watch now the Bruins flyers and capitals, the three best teams in the East play. And I, you know, the Bruins have been by far the best of them. Um, well, did you see the quote Eck, from the Bruins after the, the second flyers loss? No, I don't know who it came from, but the quote that came out of the locker room there was we can keep the game close and we know how to beat teams, break them down and beat them in the third period. And to be honest, they do. They know they really do. And that that's what they've been known to do for years. Actually, that is what they do. And that, that is why they are always so confusing when trying to predict them because you look right. at them and they, they aren't, they don't, they shouldn't be able to do this, but they do, you know, they still find, they find a way to do it and they shouldn't be able to do it. But it's like, it is crazy. So let's get, I'll get into this. Okay. So this is what happened. I'm going to use Kevin Allen's description of it because I think it was really good. Mm-hmm. Um, and this way, you know, because I'm trying to find it on videos a little bit, can, it's, it doesn't really help as much as this. Okay, so here's what happened. This is Kevin Allen's description from the article. With 1.15 left in the second period, Vince Trocek scored an apparent goal that gave the Carolina it gave Carolina a 4-3 lead. Columbus coach Toronto Tortorella challenged the goal, believing the Blue Jackets were offsides on the play. The linesman denied the challenge, and the Blue Jackets were assessed a two-minute minor delay of game penalty for their unsuccessful attempt okay. at overturning it, which you know I think is ridiculous. But this is that's not the end of the game, but still ridiculous. Um, so the Canes didn't score in the first 115 of the man advantage. The controversy started, but then the controversy, then, then the period ends. Okay. So the controversy starts between periods when it was announced that Trocek's goal scoring play was indeed offsides. They had changed, <laughs> changed their mind. All right. Um, it wasn't the offsides. It was Trocek who was offsides before the puck entered the zone. The two teams were informed that the final 45 seconds of the power play would be rescinded, but inexplicably the goal still was allowed to stand. Um, even though they said it was offsides, right? Um, so here's and here's the here's the NHL statement room. During the review, a miscommunication occurred between the video replay booth in Columbus, the linesman, and the situation room, and the play resumed before all replays could be reviewed to confirm the offside. The NHL statement read: "The challenge by Columbus should have resulted in a Carolina confirmation in, in the goal being disallowed. Sub- subsequently, Columbia was assessed to delay a game penalty after confirmation in the intermission that the play was offside. The remaining 45 delay game was penalty was was removed back." Okay, so it's a mistake, a communication error, Kevin says. Those yeah, occur in every, every workplace. But Rule how can they not? Is what was that? Rule 37.2. Okay, but I'm going to go back to a couple of years ago, Eck. When mm-hmm. you think, when they said <clears throat> a couple of years ago, maybe three, four years ago, hey, we're going to have this running video. Yeah. And if there's something wrong, we could go back to it. Right. And say, hey, right. this is what happened and correct it. And it won't be a problem. Why can't we do that now? I don't right. understand. It, it should have been a do-over. It wasn't like you were right. going back 25 minutes. It was a minute and 12 seconds left to right. go. It should have just started off the period with right. the power play saying, all right, look, we screwed this up. We're going to do the power play for the full amount of time. No, no power play. No power play because that power play was only ended up because no, the but I mean, was wrong. I get that you should have just say disallowed the goal, right? But maybe yeah, that's just, not fair to both sides. So I think the fairer thing might be to say – you get a do-over on the power play, and we'll see what happens. Mm, was it, power play? it wasn't a power play goal. Right? No good answer. So it wasn't a power play goal. The, the power play – oh, yes, was it? No, the, no, the, power, the, power, the power play results from Columbus 
not getting oh, the, challenge. the challenge. All right. right. So that doesn't, that power play never should occur at all. Okay. So then, yeah, then they just have to just, I, I got confused. But I think the rule is that they're saying is that once the play, once the, once the review took place and they allowed the goal to go, once the play started, you couldn't go back to the goal, which is stupid. It is dumb. I mean, this is yeah. like after a game, like a championship game, when we've seen like the NFL say, Hey, you know what? We got that one wrong. You're right. And it's like, well, right. that's a lot of good that does you now. Yeah. To let this slip doesn't right. make sense. Doesn't make any sense at all. And, and, and you know, in the NHL, just so, you know, Kevin's like trying to do it half right or whatever. It's just, the, you know, the, the gold needs to come off the board, you know. Um, and there would be criticism for that. But at the end of the day, it was a bad goal. So, like, that, that, the criticism for that is not nearly as strong as the criticism for giving them, allowing them to have a bad goal. So now, was there another goal from the power play resulting from the challenge that? No, 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 no. No. Imagine no, if there they was took, that. Okay. They only had, they only, they only, they only played on 115 of the power play before the period ended. So they no, no, took. No, I get it. But let's just yeah. say after mm -hmm. that, after it got denied, that there was a goal in that right. power play. And so then there should have been one off the board, and now there should have been two off the board. Are you now telling me they would have left both of them up there? Okay, this, this has is, always this been my issue. But go ahead. This is, this is from Aaron Port's line. Um, an off the an off ice official in training was responsible for the miscommunication that led to Carolina Hurricanes forward Vincent Trocek's goal, uh, incorrectly counting in the 6-5 win over Columbus. The video, this is a quote from Colin Campbell, the video technician is just supposed to coordinate this upstairs at press level, yeah. Colin Campbell said. They're not supposed to get involved. They were just supposed to set up things. We do the communicating with the officials. We sent the first video clip to the linesman to review. We're looking at them too in Toronto, and we hear a voice on the line say, he's onside, that's a good goal. He said it twice. The linesman, two linesmen, heard that, took off their headsets, stepped away so they could make the call. And apparently that was the trainee. Okay, hold on. So I've trained a lot of people in my retail days and otherwise, right? And yeah. you would have a guy who, right. let's say he's ringing up four shirts, and he rings up one accidentally for like $9.99 when it's supposed to be 50 bucks. You look at it and you say, hold on, Mr. Customer. Uh, he's in training here. He made a mistake. It's still 50 bucks. You know it. I know it. Yeah. Um, why are they letting the trainee actually talk while this is going on? Yeah. Like, why are they put? they're selling the trainee? Why under is the bus? He, like, why is why, he how do we know it's a trainee? Like, how are we, how are we even aware that, that that doesn't matter? None of that matters. It's like, if a trainee made a mistake, fine. But the idea is I don't just, like, I don't like the answer. I don't know. I mean, that's, what that's doing is that's scapegoating the trainee and, and passing off the responsibility to him rather than to the system, which should ha not have any flaws. This is, you know what this smacks of? When the WWE thought they had a championship and Earl Hebner counted it, and then there was another Earl Hebner, and it turned out to be his twin brother who was the referee. Like, it's just like, they're just, yeah. I, I'm making light of it because it's so ridiculous that they're no. using this as an explanation. Yeah, it's, it's absolutely ridiculous. I um, I don't know. I I, I think that you know it, it's in, it's insane that it happened at all. I mean, everything is so important with points right now um, for these teams. It's just like it, it's just crazy that it, that it I occurs. Ask another dumb question. I'm just gonna yeah. when they're getting the voice in their headphones, shouldn't the person speaking identify themselves? 
Yeah, I guess. I mean, well, you would think that they would. You would think that the linesmen realize that they're talking to Toronto and to the official that's right watching. The, the thing game. about Toronto is it's just Toronto, right? We don't know who those people are. That's that's always a good thing. I think that's like it's like an okay, anonymous. Okay, if they think they're talking to Toronto and they're talking to the trainee, shouldn't there be a way to differentiate that? You know, like, hey, you're talking to Joey over. Like, I mean, come on. It's like. It would be good. It would make sense. I mean, why are we trying to hide here? Like, what, like, are we just, are we like, it feels like we're trying to like. like Again, the communication is clear. I think they're passing the buck. I think they're. What implies that they're doing something wrong when they really aren't. They just made a mistake. I mean, it's like, that happens and it's okay. But it's it's an internet world where mistakes occur and people. But it's a mistake act that basically shouldn't happen because that's what the whole review system is for is to eliminate mistakes. So they've now they've they've created a mistake out of some, out of a mistake. Yeah, but let, but here I mean we all know that this can ha- I mean this could be this can't happen, right? Like you can make mistakes and and it's amazing that it has never happened before, but the idea is and it might not happen again, but the reality of it is fix it. Don't like don't no set a precedent that we don't fix it. Like that's why would we why would we do that? Why would we set a president that we don't fix it? Can I ask? I mean, again, can we send the trainee to an AHL game? Why the hell is he doing an NHL game? Yeah, right. That's true too. Same game, same rules. Why the hell mm-hmm. is he affecting a fifty-six game season in the NHL? And isn't there more than one person who isn't there more than one person who determines this kind of thing? It's just like, yeah, hey, you take this one, John. You know, like isn't, that's not what it is, right? I mean, I mean, there aren't that many reviews. Shouldn't it be like a group of people? Like, you know, I remember seeing a video of how the how the, the it's like it's basically like a like a dozen people in a center in Toronto yeah. with Mike with Mike Murphy who works for the NHL or other officials, and they basically they're monitoring every game. I'm assuming they have at least one person monitoring a particular game, and that's the person who is is you know the like like at a call center. That's the person that gets the call. I don't get the impression that like when there's game like twelve games in a night, they have like twelve guys in there. I think it, what it is is it's like they have like they they just all sort of monitoring the games and they're waiting for the calls, and then they you know they get that thing together. I mean that that's simple enough. I mean it yeah. really is. It's not you know, and it is supposed to be anonymous. It's like the I trauma. feel bad for the trainee now because it really isn't his fault. Maybe the trainee was a Carolina Hurricanes fan. <laughs> let's, 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 let's make it deeper. Let's take it deeper than it should be. No, I know we're gonna move on. But um, I want to go to I want to go go to one thing real quick, Mike. Before and that is um, uh, Karen Karen Hans, who uh, writes for us. You know, she does a great job. Um, mm-hmm. her blog recently, you know, about about Cole Caulfield, who is absolutely insanely on fire right now in college hockey, like. Mm-hmm. He's at, so, and you know, and it's in, I mean, with it, with you have the eight and two Canadians, you know, eight, two and two Canadians or whatever, life is good for them. And then you have, now you have Cole Caulfield. Um, he's on a 12 game point streak right now mm-hmm. in 20 games played in the NH this, this year, he's got 33 points. So he's got 17 goals and 16 assists in 20 games, almost a, almost a goal and assist per game right. at this point. Um, just killing it for Wisconsin. I mean, just like really. Yeah. I mean, I, I we think, knew that would happen at some point. Just yeah, that's I think where a lot of people thought he was. I mean, that's Russ we're getting Paul Korea type numbers here now. This is like getting. Low. Russ has been saying that Cole, Cole Caulfield's been good for two years. Yeah. Oh yeah, no, we've all said he's good, but this is like no, 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 really good act. Like not just yeah. again. He was on a bad team last year. He started off really hot, like he had like ten goals early, and then everything sort of slowed down when the goaltending got bad. When other things got bad last year. This does not surprise me. He is a high trigger guy. You saw that he's stronger. Now that he's got the physical strength and he will get stronger over this summer too, 
he's going to play for the Canadians next year. He might yeah. play for the Canadians at the end of this year, Russ. They it's could possible. Yeah. So Mark Bergevin said it and said himself earlier in a Q&A session with season ticket holders um, that basically he's going to be a have this year. Yeah. I stopped short of saying that, but he said where Caulfield would land, either in Laval or in the taxi squad or straight in the Canadians lineup, but he's going to be on, on the Montreal Canadiens soon. So um, is he ready for the NHL right now? Well, his shot is. He's an elite talent. So yeah. what I would do is I would put him on the third line and top power play. And yeah. you could ease him in that way. If he's playing with someone like Dano or someone like that, that's a perfect guy to bring him along. Because the one thing Caulfield's still not great at doing is playing defense. And he does leave the puck out there hanging sometimes. But his passing is a lot better than people even realize because he's got such a great shot. You forget how good of a passer and his skating is unbelievable. So he just yeah. has to get the defensive part of his game down or put him on a line with Josh Anderson. Just so yeah. Josh Anderson can protect him because yeah. he's good. Right. Smaller player. He's going to, there, there will be players who will try to take advantage of that and, and rough him up. With that. Uh, this is, again, this will go back to the flyers could have had him. Yeah, I did. That, that that still makes me angry. I know people – listen, this is going to be a thing for a very long time. Now, the Flyers have really good players. They do. I mean, Cam York is a heck of a player, and Bobby Brink is a good player. My only problem is I want the one potential superstar instead of the two who are going to be really good NHLers. Maybe even one of them's, you know, an all-star, but I still will take the potential superstar over the two players. And that's where I think – because, again – in the end, the Flyers sort of needed a sniper. Mm-hmm. And if you're going to just say, hey, Brink is going to sort of be that, he'd be a sniper, but not on – he would be like a light kind of sniper, not the kind that Cole Caulfield would be. That's the best way I could say it. So, right. okay, um, Mike Russo tweeted out about an hour ago that the mm-hmm. Wild are going to have a conference call with the NHL at 4.30 this afternoon to discuss their immediate future because they're, you know, they've been shut down for over a week because of COVID. Right. And they, he says, Garen has made it clear that he thinks the team needs more time off and to postpone more games. They have nine players and one staff member who have tested positive. Now the Sabres, it's funny. The Sabres had no positives before the game against New Jersey. They're up to, I think eight or nine. I think it's eight plus Ralph Kruger, and they're scheduled to be coming back tomorrow. So, I mean, this is this is the thing with, with this whole situation. A week is not enough for these players to recover. These teams, if they come back, they're going to be playing severely shorthanded. They're going to be under the gun, and these players are going to, you know, they're probably not going to come back till they're 100% healthy, and who knows when they're 100% healthy. So right. this, is, this is a situation that I, I you know, I mean – now, now, February 6th, the NHL announced a whole slew of changes to schedule. You saw all that, right? And yes. All the things that fit and in there. And there's going to be more. Yes. There's going to be way more. Um, and, yeah, I, I just think that I, – I honestly think that it should – it's going to just be – trying to play 56 games is just ridiculous. I, I just think that is – They're going to try. Uh, they're they're going to try, but I think they should accept 48. Honestly, I do. Well, they're not they're, – see, they're not going to do that. They're not going <laughs> to accept less. What they are going to do is if these games are meaningless in April, they just won't let them go. Right, but they, they eventually might accept less. I they don't want everybody to play the same amount of games. I've talked to people about this, and we talked about this last week. But I've talked to people about this. They really, they, they really don't want the winning. They really don't want the winning percentage to be the thing. I know, but they may have to give up they, on. They it. have to. No, I get it, and they get. I'm sure they. I mean, everything's on the table, as they've said, you know. Yeah. But um, yeah, I think that it's it's really um. 
now true. just because they're talking about it in the chat, we'll just get it out of the way. Um, yeah, Wayne Simmons scored two goals on Saturday. He's up to five. Uh, unfortunately, in the third period, he took a pass or a shot off of his wrist. Yeah. He his wrist is broken. He's out six weeks, which of course you know the Leafs are right now nine two and one best record in the NHL. So of course you know the hockey gods have to uh, have to give them. Uh, yes, that's what it is. Yeah, a dose a dose a dose of uh, of crap. Um, so you know, <laughs> about six weeks. Story it's Wayne well. Simmons. I mean, come on. Like I'm not. I'm not. You've been a big fan of Wayne Simmons. Playing good he's playing i know he is but come on if you're gonna if you're gonna tell no, me that the, that the change face gonna change because of his injury that's insane you you need players other than matthews and marner and neander and tavares to score you need Jason yeah. Spezza to score a hat trick every once in a while. For and sure, Wayne Simmons, Wayne Simmons has been on their number one power play and has been on their third line and has been scoring and they need yeah. secondary scoring so now a guy who was Turning it around and looked like he was playing pretty well is out until probably what April. Yeah, I mean, no question. I mean, obviously, you want him in your lineup, but I'm just saying that you know you have other guys that need to pick it up secondary scoring wise before. Yeah, we that's true. The only take I have on the sec is when you pick up and invest in older players, this is the risk that you get. Right now, the two of them, Thornton and Simmons, have only played in ten games. Come right. on, no, no, and Simmons has played. Simmons played all twelve. Did he play all 12? Yeah. I think he a bad number then. Okay. So, okay. So they played in 17 combined out of 24. Right. Be worse than that by the end of the season. And so, yeah, of course. Again, it's one of those things where you're hoping they're healthy when the playoffs come around. Now, you know, okay. Yeah. The, the react. I mean, everybody said, "Oh, they they signed Scott Sabron to replace Wayne Simmons." No, they signed Scott Sabron to put on the put on the on the taxi squad. So, right. if, they fa- if they face a team like Montreal who puts a goon in the lineup, then the then the Leafs have a goon to 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 counter him. So that's the reason why Thornton will probably be back uh, next week. They say, um, but I think that this, you know, and uh, sort of Ellie Ellie Friedman and Chris Johnson are both had both intimated this. Dubas has been looking to add it forward since probably or late last month. Um, I don't know whether this is going to, you know, facilitate them moving forward and doing that right away. They have a lot of depth at forward, but the, the name Sam Bennett keeps coming up. And I know that yeah. you heard about it. Act. The yeah. thing is, is that I um, Friedman said that he doesn't think the Leafs have what Calgary is looking for in a deal uh, that would make it happen. And I, I don't know what I don't know what Trill Living was looking for. Well, what I can say, I mean, because I know some things about this, but what I can actually say is, I think they do. Um, now, the question is, you know, and 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 it's a little surprise. Like this, this trade will surprise some people, but I think it's a, I think it's actually, if if what I heard is true, I think it's actually a good deal for Toronto. Um, not everybody will be happy about. It. Um, I but I think that it, it they are as I was told, like they're in like. They're further along than anybody else as far as Sam Bennett goes. Not to say they're going to get the trade done, but another team basically talked and said they wanted to talk about Sam Bennett. And essentially the response was back in Calgary, it's like, we're going to talk to you, but we're pretty far along with Toronto. Let's see where that goes kind of thing. Um, and the, 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 the deal that would make the most sense for from a Toronto perspective um, would be an Alex Kerfoot because Kerfoot um, – makes a little more than Bennett. He's got another two years on the contract. Um, he didn't have a good year last year. He's sort of struggled this year, but I, I, I still think that I still think that 
foot is a good third line center. Just I think he had a bad year. Mike, have you warmed up to the possibility that they're going to trade him? Because all summer you were like, you can't trade. No, him. I, I don't yeah. think they should trade him, Russ. I think he's a good player. I think he's a good third line center. He's good, but if you could get Sam Bennett and actually unlock some yes. of his future potential, it's going to far exceed what Alex Kerfoot has given you as a player. Right, but the the question is... This feels like a trap. You know, this is like a couple things. This well, is no, not, it's a risk. It's a this good is not risk. the drone you're looking for kind of trap. This is like, this to me is like a trap in terms of that Toronto has been down this road. It's like with Kerfoot, you have something that, yes, he is not spectacular, but he does do what he does no, really well. It, but, Eck, but they do need a little bit more, and Bennett does play physical as well, same as Kerfoot. Kerfoot's yeah. always going to be a better face-off guy. That's fine. Right. Which, and better defensively. But, and better – well, it, it's right now he's better defensively, and maybe he will Which be. Which is hugely important on that team. Like, the it, forwards don't play defense on that team. And it is, but it's not like Bennett doesn't play defense. I no, don't want to say but, he's – But, uh, I mean, Dubas and Keefe definitely know Bennett because uh, Keefe was – or uh, uh, Dubas was a GM in the OHL when Bennett was in the OHL. D D Dubas was uh, D GM of the Sioux when Bennett was at Kingston. So he know he knows Bennett. And he probably Bennett. would put Bennett on the wing like Randy's saying, and I get that. Right, but yeah. it, but the thing is, then, are, are, if if the if the Leafs made that trade, if that was the the the, the structure of that trade. Um, then you're moving Jason Spezza, a 37-year-old Jason Spezza. He's up. doing well. I can move him up. That's fine. Yeah. I mean, you know, or, P or Pierre Engvall to the third I mean, let's, let's is a young thirty. is a young 36. He is a young 37. Let's face facts here. Yeah. Mike Babcock botched the whole Jason Spezza thing. We knew he was better than that. Yeah. Now that we see Jason Spezza playing again and happy where he is, we're seeing a really good player. Like, he got screwed up. He got screwed up in Ottawa for many years too. So I mean, yeah. it's it, like really. I mean, the whole and there were years when they barely played him in Ottawa too. So he's had like lots of time. But do I think he could pull that off? I do think Jason Spezza could pull that off. Um, yeah, I think he could. I think he could. I mean, it's, uh, this is the thing though. I just I feels incredibly risky. Like, what do you you can't make an ex you cannot say if in Calgary you. You just can't sit there and say that we need more scoring. That just doesn't make any sense to me. Like you've got so much money being spent on scoring, you can't. Toronto, Toronto can't sit there and say sorry. Well, I mean, oh, okay, Toronto, Toronto can't sit there and say we need more scoring. Like that's, the only problem is that it's while Johnny Goudreau is back to what he would be, and and I thought he would be, they're still going to trade him. He's not going to extend there, so they do have to fortify their lineup even before they trade him because they don't know what the trade market's going to be for Goudreau, but they're going to have to trade him. He's just increasing his value. Is what was. I get that, and I do agree. I think I think he will be traded, but I think that Bennett. I mean, Bennett has not been able to make it in Calgary. Um, why sure. do we? I'd say he hasn't been able to make it. He's still a guy that gets double digit goals. It's not. He is just not a twenty goal guy. He's on, on the bench. I mean, what what are we doing? And he played fantastic in the playoffs. He played. He's put, yeah. He's been a playoff performer for them. I think for two for two seasons. No, the Leafs would not be making a deal to acquire more scoring. We know what Bennett. Bennett is feisty. Bennett yeah. is physical. Right. Uh, I get that. that. You know that's what that's what the Leafs are missing right. Now. I mean, right now their third line has. Uh, one guy who had two goals, five on five, but not on the third line. One guy who's got no goals in 12 games and another guy who has one goal in 12 games. So they're getting no offense out of their third line, um, they're, but they're getting more offense out of their fourth line than normal third lines do. So it sort of counterbalances. Eventually, yeah. Matthews and Marner and Nylander and Tavares are going to have off games, and they're going to need 
depth scoring to win. They're getting almost no offense out of their defense, and they're right. getting literally nothing out of the third one. And to, to, to back up Mike's point about Bennett being good in the playoffs, he has 19 points in 30 playoff games. Michael Backlund has 14 points in 30 playoff games, and he's not getting benched. And so really they just, at this point, act they're only divesting of Bennett because they don't think he's living up to their expectations, but it still doesn't mean he won't as a player. Right. Okay. I mean, but I think that the pressure in Toronto is way greater than the pressure in Calgary. I think and it's I, equal. I, yeah, I'm not saying Calgary's not pressure, but there's still there's but, more pressure. In Toronto. But Toronto, but Toronto is playing well, so they're really under no pressure right now. And the thing, and I, I heard something today, and it, um, I think it was Darren Drager that mentioned this. And, and I, again, I hate this mentality when it comes to NHL managers. He basically said that you know there are teams out there that won't trade with Toronto because they don't want to get burned by them being on Hockey Night in Canada and that player doing well in Toronto and then having egg on their face. And he I said, he said, don't believe that. No, no. He said, this was the case with Kevin Lowe in Edmonton. When, Ke when, a, when Brian Burke tried to trade for Chris Pronger, when Chris Pronger was in Edmonton and Kevin Lowe would not trade him to Toronto because he did not want to see Toronto succeed with Pronger and have them on hockey night in Canada every night with Pronger. It's Kevin Lowe would care about. I mean, I, I don't. I just. I, I find truth. that really hard to believe. I mean, like, it's I, hard to refute it if they said it. I mean, I'm not going to try and refute it. Well, <laughs> well, let's talk about. It. They also said but that. I'll tell you what I refute. Plenty of teams out there that wanted Tony D'Angelo too. They said that too. But like, let's. The reality is like, I mean, the, I don't. It, it, maybe that's a, maybe that's one example. Okay, Chris Pronger is like a, is is Chris Pronger. He's like a superstar player. Yeah. And yet maybe you don't want him to go to Toronto just because, you know, you don't want to look stupid on Hockey in Canada, I guess. I mean, that's giving Hockey in Canada a lot of credit, and I, I get it. It's a big deal. But that's like a play, an NFL player not being traded because – Don Cherry looks stupid on Hockey Night in Canada, and that didn't that like, You know, we won't trade an NFL player because we don't look bad on Monday Night Football. Right. You know, I, don't, I, don't, I don't think hockey that that's – No, but it's different in hockey. Chris, I could see this being a thing because the hockey – that mentality I do think exists in hockey, but, but I'm going to say one thing though, like Randy brought up in the chat room, you can't blame Ward now again on what's going wrong with Calgary. This is two coaches, two completely different coaches. And if you're going to blame every coach that comes in as to why Calgary isn't doing what everybody thinks Calgary should do at some point, you have to look at Brad's or living the players he's putting on the ice. It can't always be the coach. It's called yeah. Doug Gilmore syndrome act. That's what it is. Okay, Doug, I mean, and Doug that, Reisbrow, yeah. Doug Reisbrow, whose career was ruined by that trade. Yeah, oh, they might be ruined by that trade, but it has nothing to do with like it wasn't ruined. The Rangers hired Reisbrow, and I think he might still whatever. Be I mean, it does nothing to do with him being embarrassed hockey night in Canada. Like, I mean, you can sit there and say it's a bad trade. And the, what what they're what they're saying, Eck, is they're saying okay. The Leafs are on Hockey Night in Canada every Saturday at seven o'clock. You trade right. them a good player, and that good player turns it turns that team around. You're to blame. That's what it means. I guess. I mean, I, I mean, listen. The reality is, some players. That's the dynamic in Canada. I mean, and I guess, and I understand how Hockey Night in Canada is my favorite show on the planet, guys. Like, I'm not sitting there saying I don't. It's like I, I love, I love the way they produce. I love the way that I'll watch it every Saturday. Like, if I, if uh, if there's a game not, I mean, I'm not interested in it. I'm going to Hockey Night in Canada every time. I think they what they do is incredible. But I'm, and I'm not saying anything about that. I'm just saying I think that 
reporters need to need to remember that that's just a it's a television show and like the, this hockey these hockey hockey GMs are more like you know yes yeah, a bad trade it's a bad trade that's for sure but I think that you know that's I don't know. Seems well, there like, is, what, what I'm saying is embarrassed. We, we can see an example of this in Vancouver right now. They're ready to they're ready to uh, they're they're walking with, with torches in Vancouver with Jim Benning and Travis Green because of the way this team is playing right now. Right, right. Pressure on them is, to, is they want heads to roll. They're probably not going to do anything because everything everything I've heard, Russ, is that they're not going to fire either one of them because budgetarily they don't want to go out and have to hire another coach, especially in a year where they're losing money hand over fist. So right. they're going to keep green the rest of the year. They're going to keep banging. Maybe. Maybe. I mean, they still might look at it at you know the 20-game mark and say, do we yeah. want to make the playoffs or not? I mean, I think you may be right, Mike, but I can't say – it's definitive. Um, yeah, I think I think the big thing there, their defense and their goaltending are just letting them down. You know, so the reality is, um, you know, they they lost a great goalie to Calgary, and we knew that at the time, right? It's going to take a problem. And so, yeah, yeah. if Jim Benning hasn't fielded the right team, which he hasn't, and you have a coach who isn't pushing him the right way as last year, are you going to trust that GM to make the trade? <laughs> Are you going to trust the GM to make that trade at the trading deadline to help that coach who isn't pushing the team the right way anyhow to actually try and make the playoffs? Like this is – you're almost going to have to give up the season because of finances, Mike. Like hey, these guys are millionaires. I don't think they're going to – They've trusted Benning at times when they – way worse than this when they shouldn't have trusted yeah. them at all. So, I mean, to yeah. me, like the, ben, the whatever, Benning, he seems to have some kind of magic there because there have been I things – I knew that, extension. I know there are times when we sat there at a trade deadline, like, "What the hell is Benning doing?" You know, like, or not doing. We've we've talked, we've had this discussion. Yeah. And they've gone, we've seen him go on and do his press conference afterwards and just say like the most ridiculous things. I just think that, you know, I mean, he does a he does a half decent job at times, but he, you know, definitely he's been through worse than this. There is a there is a school of thought that the that the bigger mistake was. Okay, first the mistakes that were made two or three years ago by signing Roussel and signing uh, um, uh, Jay Beagle, which which I excoriated them on because that was the fault of the ownership wanting to make them consequential when they should have been tanking. They they wasted nine million dollars on those two guys and Sven Barchi, and they really haven't done anything for that. And then the fact that they've that they they they've screwed up this Louis Erickson thing so badly, like that it's that, it was, that it's gone on and on and on and on and on, and it's just like it, it continues to hang over their locker room. It's just like that's something that is a problem. That's a real issue that should have been addressed. But there are some people who believe that the bigger omission was not re-signing Markstrom, but was not re-signing Tanev because Tanev was partnered yeah. with Quinn Hughes all last year yeah. and, and allowed allowed Quinn Hughes to to go into offensive yes. form. And Tanev was always back there as the defensive. Yeah. And they have nobody. Hammonick's hurt. They have nobody to pair with Hughes. Hughes got has been exposed in the two games against Toronto. Every time he has yeah. gone in and tried something, they, there's a two-on-one going the other way because the guy, you know, they're not covering for him. And I feel yeah. sorry for I feel sorry for the, the the Canucks because I love their talent. They're just not playing right well right now. Yeah, we do have an update on D'Angelo. Okay, go ahead. So Larry Brooks wrote about this, and it's an interesting conversation, but his thing was there is no movement at all in the Blue Shirt's effort to move D'Angelo. So just think about the way he wrote that. And <laughs> like more than Larry. So that means either the offers are bad 
or or the Rangers would just want him to sit out and they don't really care what they get for D'Angelo because they don't even want to deal with anything anymore. Maybe the offers were so bad right. that they're just going to sit it out. But the other thing that I think Larry has wrong is he wants to see Libor Hayek in the lineup and get that playing time with D'Angelo out. Now, look, the guy that they have, Anthony DiBetto, yeah, he's a Long Island kid. He scored his first goal. Great. That's going to wear off quick. I, I watched that all through the 2000s when I covered the Rangers and brought guys up like that. Yeah. But I don't think Hayek's the answer either. I told you I thought Iserman stole that trade from McDonough years yeah. ago and when he was with Tampa, and I, I'm not moving off of that. Well, I'll, I'll give you I'll give you a scenario here because everybody's saying that basically, you know, if they don't get an offer that they like, that they're just going to basically buy him out at the one third. Right. Well, this right. is this is what they might do, Russ. They may hold on to him through the expansion draft, mm -hmm. have him be the one defenseman who qualifies because of the, the, the number of games. Mm -hmm. he, 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 he qualifies. So they expose him to Seattle. Seattle obviously probably will not take him. They're not taking him. And then use the second buyout window, which is for uh, arbitration, uh, and then buy him out at the one-third. So they'll use him as a piece in that right. respect. Instead sure. of just okay. I mean, they might do that. Um, but I think we could throw cold water on the fact that we kept hearing reports from Darren Dreger and others that, oh, the, there's so much interest in him. And then we, we figured I, out what the interest really was. I, it just, there was this, it is un, unbelievably insulting that stuff that he might have. If, if, if I just, if I just like that, I would have gotten destroyed. Like if I had put that out there and I would have gotten absolutely killed. Of course like, you would have. They you know, the tires. That's all these GMs. Yeah, do. I mean, uh, this was—it was so obviously an attempt to, like, you know, of an agent to try to go through the press market. Yeah, to just and it just—it was just. I mean, listen. I mean, uh, I don't know. They're there's not interest in him right now. That's all I know. You know, there may have been interest in one at one point a couple of years ago for sure, but there's not interest in him right now. Oh, I think there was interest in him over the summer after the year he had. Yeah, maybe even then. I agree. I agree. Even then, but um. But now he's toxic. Right. So Ryan Johansson is going to miss um. Um, a few weeks here with the Predators. They're going to miss his scoring. He's got four assists in 10 games this year. I know. I was um, going to say, are they really missing anything? He's going to miss a bunch of games there, though. Um, he's out week to week with an upper body injury, which probably implies something wrong with his brain. Um, I'm just kidding. Uh, you know, he's wow. That's a little – no, but just he forgot that he's a scorer. Wait a second. Um, is, is Mike Agello in the top right-hand corner? Or, like, usually that's something I say. No, Mike Agello was a washed-up <laughs> goalie. That's yeah, that's true. That's true. Um, no, but yeah, just it's just really like it's, it's unbelievable. I, I think this is the best thing that could happen to him and the Preds, to be honest. Like to have him out for a bit, they should have had him out. It would be better if it was like a coach's decision for sure. But we'll take this okay. one. Here's an interesting coach's decision. So Ely Tovenin has played in three games this year, and he has a goal. Yeah, they keep pushing him back and forth with the taxi squad uh, to save on whatever. How about you leave him there? I don't yeah. care about. The maneuvers, Mike, I know you're going to say something about the maneuvers for the cap. He needs to actually play games and take shots on goal to actually score goals for a team that needs goals. Yeah. Right, but he very well may play the next game. It's like they're doing, yeah, that's all they're, all they're doing and all, all these teams are doing is like, for example, okay, the Leafs are playing Rasmus Sandin their first game tonight. So they they you know they move Sabarin to the taxi squad to create the space, and then they put Sandine into the under the roster. They're just yeah. they're just manipulating things around for cap management's sake. That's okay. All I'm going to say it like this: then he should have played in more than three games by now. I agree. The scoring's been bad for a while. 
Even Jared Tenorti has played in three games. And, and in the games Jared he's played, his 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 minutes have been atrocious too. And the, this, that's the other crazy thing. I mean, he scored in the first game he played, you know, which Johansson hasn't scored a goal this year. So right. to me, like to me, like you know, and he's played ten games. I just think that there's no, there's no question. I mean, it's time to go to him. I don't. I think I'm not. I'm really becoming less and less of a fan of Hines all the time. Like the way he handles. Wait, this. How many goals does the second leading goal scorer have on the Predators? Yeah, I don't know. I, three. I did. Three. three. Okay, there you go. There you go. It's you a game mean? come down to Philip Forsberg and an occasional goals by the rest of the team. Yeah, and then if you're doing that, you got to count on your defense and goaltending. And you know your goaltending is not there. Your defense is still very good, of course, but your goaltending is not there. So, and this team is not built. That's the other problem with this team right now is also the fact that Heinz has a certain style he likes to coach. Um, but this yeah. team, this team is a team put together to play for Peter Laviolette. It really is. Sure. You know, I mean, when you look at it, it, it's it's got like those kind of players on it. Um, but here's the other thing. So, like, you have Yossi with six points. And you have Ellis with five. Yeah. And then, you know, Ekholm's got three. Like, it falls off. They used to get more points from their other defensemen, not just their top pairing. Yeah. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. No, and they're, yet they're still, like we talked about, they're still hanging in there. Um, it's I know. crazy. I, I mean, know. They are, they've only led They've only led for less than 5% of the time in their games. Like, we talked about that one. That's a nut statistic. So, yeah, I mean, if they can get it together. But I think that they are – I think Hines is really lucky right now to have a job, to be honest, because I think, I think that this goes along – if, if they keep playing like this and never leading, like when you play, when you play a Heinz type system, you you can only play that when you're at, at your best when you're ahead. Like it's it's a system to play from the front with. It's not a system to play to play from yeah. behind with. Like I'm and, going to give you an example. Here's one where I think the guy's a great guy and he skates great, but I really would not give him the kind of ice time they're giving him. Is Nick Cousins? He's got five points yeah. in eleven games, but he's got twelve pims. So even though he's got some points, he's killing you with bad penalties. And so in the end, is it really worth it? Right. I agree with that. Well, I, I, mean, Nick, I think Nick Cousins is playing in a role that Nick Cousins is not accustomed to or should even be playing. And uh, yeah, I mean, I think he's, I think he's a good third line, fourth line guy. Yeah. Right. Um, and yeah, 10 minutes a game, 11 yeah. minutes a game. He's probably yeah, that's, that's definitely where he's at. And he can step up once in a while and he's got some skill for sure, but like, he's fast. I get it. Yeah, and he's he's got a little bit of a finishing touch too, but I don't know that the um that's that's a little bit crazy. Um, so tonight, um, yeah, we have the Islanders. Is it, yeah, tonight Islanders Rangers, right? We, we renew yes. that. That'll be fun, Vancouver yeah, Toronto, and the third Vancouver Toronto game in five days. Which right, I'm sure Toronto. I'm sure Vancouver's psyched about that. I mean, they, they, those, those first two games have been an absolute disaster for them. Um, yeah. Toronto was excited to play Edmonton again. Um, Edmonton padded and padded and padded. Yeah, can we can we talk about the fact that in in the in Edmonton's last game, apparently, Drysital and McDavid played what the what was it the last five minutes of regulation? Well, it was just Drysital. He played like the last seven, I think. I mean, this was out there for like six or seven minutes. Are they playing now? They on abuse. It really does. It does. There should be an. There were a lot of breaks. To be fair, I mean, there were a lot of breaks. There was a timeout, a TV timeout. It's it's you know. How yeah. About, how about having a complete roster? That would be better. Well, I mean, yeah. sure, Mike. But Mike Smith's playing. What are you talking about? Mike Smith uh, is back. Um. Now, New Jersey is still. Is New Jersey off the COVID thing yet? Yes. 
They uh, will be when they play the Flyers, I hear. That is this, so that is because I wasn't sure if I should be planning on going to a hockey game Thursday night or not. I was trying to figure that out. No, I don't plan on it. <laughs> as of now, they're going to come off before that. I don't know before, but they're supposed to come off by that. By that. And the Flyers hopefully will not be on it by then. We'll see what happens. Well, the Flyers are practicing today as we speak. Well, actually yeah. earlier. And so we haven't heard any update. Heck, I do want to go over your um, your choice for Norris this year. Right now, in the early going, Varlamov has played seven games and he's playing tonight. And Sorokin has played three. Calder, the Calder. V- well, no, he said, I think he said Norris. Vez- 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 I think he said Vezina. Yeah, I did, I did, I did. I absolutely did. He said Vezina, Mike. That's what I meant to say. But, um, but he did say Calder for him, right? Yeah, Calder's obvious if he's winning the Vezina, yeah, right? Yeah. Yeah. But I just wonder when is he going to steal the job? When is Sorokin going to get the job? It's eleven we're gonna be eleven games in and it's clear what the distribution is right now. Right now it's clear and yes, I agree. Because Vlarmov had a hell of a start. Let's not forget that he he came off with like he was like one is like he didn't wasn't scored on in his first like four games or something like that, right? Something crazy like mm-hmm. that. So but um Varlamov has definitely fallen back to earth lately. Um he's given up a lot of goals and a lot of bad goals. Um well, what do you I, think Sorokin's save percentage is? I don't know. I haven't checked. It's an eight seventy one. Okay, there you go. So, I mean, I, I you know, I, it, it is going to be tough to tell, but I think we'll see it soon. I think we'll see that shift soon. We'll have to if I'm going to be right. Okay. <laughs> I don't know. You had I mean, an opportunity. I, I just want to point out to the audience: I gave you an opportunity, and you skated right past. Well, I'm, not, I'm not. I'm not. I'm not. Yeah, I, I skated past the net. I did. I'm not going to. I'm not going to take that bait. No, I'm. I'm. I'm sticking with it. We're early. It's still early in the season. It's still early. I think you go crazy for the last half of the season and just like we're go nuts. We're one fifth through the season and a two and a half to one ratio, maybe, you know, two, seven, five to one, how the goalies are being distributed. Yeah, I know. We'll see. Right. <laughs> My dog has lots of opinions on this. She just sits there and barks and growls at me. Um, all right. What happened to the bone? What happened to Remember, folks, without the buzz, it is just hockey. Lots of games tonight. We will talk to you tomorrow. With Lucky Land slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. Dearly beloved, we are gathered here today to... Has anyone seen the bride and groom? Sorry, sorry, we're here. We were getting lucky in the limo and we lost track of time. No, Lucky Land Casino, with cash prizes that add up quicker than a guest registry. In that case, I pronounce you Lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Daily bonuses are waiting. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details.